Turn over to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. When I said that I'd been all right if Papa just went ahead and preached this morning, I wasn't lying. I would have been all right with that. Uh, I was up the majority of the night trying to get settled on something it seems like that's becoming a common occurrence just hours and hours in the office trying to figure out exactly where we need to be I don't want to do anything wrong don't uh, want to say anything or do anything it'd be out of the will of God but uh, I believe we've got a message on our heart that the Lord's put there it might be a little different than I've ever heard this come across but uh, I'm going to do my best to bring it out in the best way I can uh, we'll just, we've got a little bit to read here if you want to stand we'll just stand and read a little bit don't plan on being before you very long. I know that we're going to come back tonight and spend plenty of time here tonight. So I'll hurry up and give you what I got and get out of the way. But uh, Luke chapter 23, go down about verse 50. Then we'll read on into 24 some too. Luke chapter 23, verse 50. <clears throat> we all know this scripture. Uh, last week, the, the, the Lord has had it on my heart all month that I've told you over and over and over that December's all about Him, and uh, last week we talked about the birth of Jesus because it was Christmas, and uh, I didn't think there was any better way to uh, go out of December than talking about His resurrection, talking about the new birth, and uh, that's what we're going to try to do here today. Verse number 50, And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good, good man and a just man. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in the sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein, man, wherein never man before was laid." And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. And the woman also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and, be, and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Verse number 6, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spake unto you when He was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered His words. Let's pray. 
Father, we love you this morning. God, I praise you and thank you for your sweet spirit that we've already felt here this morning. God, as we were singing, God, as we was praying, God, I pray, Lord, this morning, God, that you continue to move amongst us, God. Lord, I pray, God, that uh, you, you would let us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've been in our midst here today. God, we pray, Lord, that you'd bless the reading of your word. God, I pray that you'd help me to bring out the message that you've placed on our heart just exactly as you'd have it to come across. Father, I pray, God, for each one that's here, God, that we would open up our hearts and receive what the word has to say to us today. Father, you know me. You know I'm tired this morning or you know I ain't got this uh, under my my own self, God, under my own will. I can't do it on my own. God, it's going to take you. Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to bring the word that you'd have us to. Lord, I pray, God, if there's one here that's lost, God, that's never been born again, we pray that you'd uh, speak to their heart, God, show them that you love them, God, and that you just want them to be born again so they can go to heaven with you. God, I pray if there's some that's walked away from you, some that's grown cold here today. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to snuggle up back to you, God. Lord, and be what you'd have us to be. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There in uh, verse number 24, we, we know that uh, I brought it out a little bit last week about Joseph of Arimathea, how that him and Nicodemus had went and begged for the body of uh, Jesus so that they could lay him in a borrowed tomb. And that's what we read there in uh, chapter number 23. And then when we got down to number 24, we began to read about the women that was getting the spices prepared so that they could go and anoint the body of Jesus. And as I was studying this last night, I really had no idea which direction we was going to go. And honestly, it's not anything like I thought it was going to be. But uh, I believe that the Lord's give it to us. But it said there, in, uh, let's read the first verse of chapter number 24 again. He said, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. So that verse there, it says that they brought the spices. They was bringing the spices to anoint the body of Jesus according to uh, their Jewish traditions. This is what they done when somebody died because they uh, didn't necessarily embalm people like we did today and the bodies would begin to stink and things. And this is what their tradition told them to do. But uh, what I've seen here, and I wrote this in my Bible, was that they didn't believe he was going to be resurrected from this moment here they, they had already forgotten the words that Jesus had told them they already had unbelief in the word of God that's my whole message this morning is that they had unbelief in the very word of God if you look there in verse number 5 it said and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth they said unto them why seek ye the living among the dead that's the title of the message this morning is why seek ye the living among the dead Verse number 6 said, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spake unto you when He was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified and the third day rise again. So here we've got these women. They've come and they've come to the, uh, to the tomb where uh, the Lord is laid. And what this is saying there in verse number 5, What seek ye the living among the dead? That is a fact. That's a question 
something, but it's also a fact. They've came to the tombs where the tombs are and they're looking for Jesus, but Jesus isn't dead. Jesus has already rose again as He told them He was going to do. So these angels, these two angels, it says men here, but in other places it says angels. These two men stood by them in shining garments. This was two angels of the Lord that was here and these women have come and they've tried, they're trying to follow their traditions. They're trying to do the same old thing that they've always done and they're looking for uh, uh, I guess you could say help or some hope in coming to anoint the body of Jesus but then the angels say why seek ye the living among the dead they didn't realize that he was already rose but Jesus had already rose he was already alive and today he's still alive and well today he's sitting at the right hand of the father making intercession for you and I he's not a dead God I, I, I preached yesterday at the Hope Center and I brought some of it out yesterday but all the other religions what makes our religion different is we've got the only God that's still alive we've got the only one that's still alive and well today if you study Islam or the Quran you'll see that Allah their God tells them that they have to die for him that's the reason we got these suicide bombers and that's the reason they flew the planes on 9-11 into the twin towers they think that for their God that they're earning salvation by dying for him but we've got the only God that died for us. Our God is the only one that loved us so much that He left His throne in glory, put on the corruptible flesh, lived in sinless perfection for 33 and a half years and died on an old rugged cross to pay the debt for our sin so that we could be reconciled to Him. I don't have to die for Him. I may end up dying for Him, but He's already died for me because of how much He loved me. But He didn't stay dead on the third day just as He had told them, He rose again. He rose again. So here these women have came. And the Bible says, Why seek ye the living among the dead? This was a fact that He was already risen, but they've went looking for Him. They've went to the tombs looking for the one that they thought was their Savior. They've went to the tomb to the one that they had seen the miracles that he had done. They had seen him raise Lazarus from the dead. They had seen him raise the widow's son from the dead. They had seen him raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. But yet, for some reason, they didn't believe that he could raise himself from the dead. The whole issue right here is their unbelief. The whole issue is their unbelief. You know, I would like to think that if I had walked with Jesus... And I had seen his ministry for three and a half years. I had seen his ministry that I would believe anything that he had told me. And these women, and even if you continue reading, uh, there's two on the road to Emmaus, and then the eleven. They was uh, uh, when they went to the eleven and told them that he was alive. They didn't believe them either. Nobody believed them. Nobody believed that Jesus was actually risen. But in verse number seven, it said that, uh, or, or let's read six. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, "The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men." and be crucified and the third day rise again that's in red letters this is what Jesus had already told them before he went to the tomb before he was crucified before the sinful men came and took him he had already told them that sinful man was going to come take him that they was going to kill him but don't worry because on the third day he was going to rise again but just a short time after this had all happened that one that they was looking to to provide for them that one that they was looking to to be 
be their hope, that one that they was looking to, to be their salvation. He had died and this was a great affliction in their life. Everything that they believed, everything that they thought had just come tumbling down. They thought that it was over. They thought that one that would come to save them. They thought he was going to make his kingdom here on earth at that time, but now he's dead. This was a great turmoil. This was a great affliction in their life. And I begin to think, you know, when a great affliction comes to our life, this is the exact same thing that we do. We begin to doubt. We begin to say, well, Lord, I thought you was going to take care of me. Lord, I thought you was going to handle these situations for me. And we do exactly like these men and women did here in the Scripture. And we begin to seek the living among the dead. We begin to seek things in a dead world to satisfy us. We begin to seek things out there in the world to make us feel good or to help us or to give us joy or peace. We look for things among the dead when we should be looking to the one that's alive. We should be looking to the one that's alive and well today. You know, when I got saved and since I've been saved and been in this church and the majority of you have seen these things, we've seen the miracles of God. We've seen that this, what we just done a minute ago, the anointing power, we've seen the Lord work in that. We've seen people that had cancer no longer have cancer anymore. Uh, Shannon testified to it last night when he was a kid, he had a hole in his heart, getting ready to take him back to surgery. And we, they had been anointed him just a few days before that when they went to do a scan again to see exactly what they needed to do before the surgery, the hole was gone. We've all seen these miracles many times. Time after time we've seen these miracles. You know, we've seen uh, 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 saints of God that have served God faithfully and they have uh, preached their own funeral that they are a child of God. We've seen them pass on to the other side and they pass on peacefully. And you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they went to heaven. I don't know their heart, but you can see the evidence from their death and from their life that they was right with God. I believe that they're alive and well today. That's uh, evidence to me of a resurrection. These things that they had seen in the Bible I still see them here today. That's what I'm getting at. The things that they seen, Jesus might have been here in the flesh, but those same things, those same miracles, those same works that uh, the Holy Ghost done here in this time, we can still see them today. And the majority of us have. I can't look down on them for doubting or having unbelief because I do the very same thing. I do the very same thing. When affliction comes, I think, how could this happen to me? When things come up in my life and I say, well, 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 Lord, why would you let this happen to me? I've been trying to serve you. I've been walking with you. I've been going the direction that you'd have me to go. I've forsaken everything else in my life as these disciples did. They forsook everything in their life just to follow Jesus. But yet the one that they was following is now dead. Is now dead. And they say, why? Why? Now what are we going to do? What are we going to do? That's where the problem comes in. When we say, what are we going to do? I ain't going to do nothing. The Lord is. I ain't going to do nothing. There's nothing that I can do. But the Lord can because He's still alive today. He rose on this third day and He's still alive today. 2,000 years later, He's still alive today. Buddha's dead. Allah's dead. The Hindu gods are dead. The Greek gods are dead. But Jesus is still alive today. He's still alive and well today. So this issue that they had is just unbelief. And I'm going to read you this definition. <clears throat> unbelief. The Greek word for unbelief is apistia. And all it simply means is a failure to respond to God with trust and a heart shows not only doubt but rejection. 
Unbelief is rejection of the truth. I believe that the Lord deals with our heart and when He speaks to our heart, we either make the decision to believe Him or to deny Him. And we know that He's real because He will reveal Himself to us and we either accept what He's telling us, we accept the free gift of salvation, or we reject Him. I'll read that again. Unbelief, this the Greek word is apistia. It simply means a failure to respond to God with trust and at heart shows not only doubt, but rejection. Unbelief is rejection of the Word of God. Amen. Unbelief is a rejection of the Word of God. And at the heart of all sin is unbelief. Unbelief is at the heart of all sin. And here I believe uh, any man or woman that's been born that's never been born again, their problem is just unbelief. But unbelief is not only a problem for the lost, it's a problem for those that call themselves Christians as well. These were followers of Jesus and they still had a problem with unbelief. This is going to go in a different direction than I intended for it to go when I first started studying. But this is what the Lord has uh, directed our heart to. I've got several different places that we're going to read but you ain't got to turn there I've got them all jotted down here but um, in the Christian's life the unbelief comes when we go to looking for salvation among the dead we uh, hear in the scripture it said why seek ye the living among the dead I believe that at times us as Christians begin to seek salvation among the dead uh, Hebrews 3 12 and 13 says take heed brethren lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God but exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin so that verse is talking to the believer he says take heed brethren and it says lest any of you uh, uh, lest any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God what I got from this is we believe in a false grace I believe there's a lot of Christians in our day that are believing in a false grace they're looking for salvation among the dead if you don't find the grace that's explained in the word of God you're looking for a false grace there's a lot that in our day has has believed the lie that they can continue in sin even though they've been saved. If that they get born again and then they can continue in sin and still be alright with the Lord. Once saved, always saved. Uh, unconditional eternal security is what it means. That's a false grace. That is not the truth. There is no salvation in that false grace. That's not the grace that the Bible teaches. I read you here in Romans. It says Romans 6, 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound God forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein that God forbid means it's not going to happen you can't continue to live in sin and once you've been born again and expect to go to heaven and there's many in our day and there's even some that used to sit on our very pews that have believed a false grace they believed that they could go back to the world they'll tell you that the old man's still dead but if the old man is back on the alcohol and the old man's back on the drugs and the old man's back on the pornography and the old man's back on the things of the world then the old man is no longer dead 
death. The old man has rose back up and we believe in a false grace. And it's because of our unbelief. It's because we've looked for salvation among the dead. Jesus is the one that's alive. His grace is alive. And the way the Bible teaches grace is alive. But the grace out there that's alive ain't alive. It's a dead grace. And they're seeking salvation among the dead. Why seek ye the living among the dead? The only living salvation, the only living Holy Ghost that will dwell down on the inside of you is when you follow the Word of God. You got to live right to die right. That's a requirement to be a Christian. <clears throat> There's a crowd, and this has got real big in our day, especially through COVID and <clears throat> through all the live streaming, and we live stream, and it's a good tool. <clears throat> but uh, there's a crowd that believe in a false, false church. They're looking for salvation among the dead in a false church. They're looking for a I am the church. Anybody ever heard, ever heard anybody say that? I am the church. I don't have to go to church because I am the church. The Lord said that I am the church. That's a lie. That's a false church. That's not what the Bible teaches. You are part of the body of Christ. And I am part of the body of Christ. But I am not the church. I'm part of the church. But I'm only part of it. I'm just the finger that goes on the hand that leads to an elbow and an arm and a body. I'm not the whole body myself. We all know the scripture. Hebrews 10.25 Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You cannot be living under grace and you cannot be living in the salvation that the Bible speaks of and the salvation that Jesus died to pay the price for and not attend church. You can't be saved and not have a desire to go to the church. You can't be right with God and living under grace and never go to church. It just don't work that way. It's a false church. You got a false grace and you got a false church looking for salvation out there among the dead. The life is in here. I never feel any more alive than I do right in here in this place. You know, when we gather together in here and the door closes and, and, and the world just goes away. When the Spirit of God begins to move and we had a good service Wednesday night and we've had a good service so far here this morning. When the Spirit of God begins to move, I ain't thought the first thing about going to work on Tuesday. I ain't thought the first thing about them bills that's getting ready to come at the first of the month. I ain't thought the first thing about what's dirty at my house or what's going on out yonder because I'm in here in this lively hope. I'm in here where the grace of God is and I can get away from the mess out there. I thank God that I've been taught that it's not a I am the church, it's a we are the church. And we've got together together even so much more as the day approaches. The time is coming down to the end. Don't believe in a false grace. Don't don't believe in a false church. Don't believe you can live like you want to. Don't believe you can go where you want to. Don't believe you can skip church anytime you want to. We need to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Looking for salvation among the dead. Looking for that hope. The hope of salvation. It's in Jesus' grace. And it's in the church of the living God. We're not a dead church. We're a living church. Because Jesus lives inside of me. That one that rose again on the third day, he's right in here and he's right in here. We got to join together. A false grace in a false church looking for salvation among the dead. I thought about this. 
We look for joy among the dead. There is no joy out there among the dead. The only joy I've got comes from the Lord. John 15, 7 through 11 says, If ye abide in me, and my words in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. You know, in our modern times, and me included, this, I mean, this is all over me as well, but in our modern times, we look for joy in everything but church. We look for joy in everything but Jesus. I've been off work all week this week. I work for the state. We get three days off. I took other two. And I was off all week long. I thought, boy, I'm going to have a good time this week. I'm going to relax. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm really going to get into some studying this week. I'm going to study the Word of God. comes down to Friday and I've barely read anything. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. What's wrong with me? I read more than this when I'm working every day. I got out of a routine. And I look for joy in just hanging out. I look, in, I look for joy in watching a TV show with my wife because we usually don't have that much time to. I look for joy in the rest. I look for joy in all these other things. And I forgot God in the background. Then I got to stay up all night to try to study to make sure I've got the message for the church this morning. I was looking for joy in the wrong place. He said that the These things have I spoken unto you that your joy, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. The joy that I do have is of the Lord. my, My flesh and Satan convinces me that I can find joy in the things of the world. I wrote down a few things. We think that we can find joy in money. We think that we can find joy in a good career. We think that we can find joy in sports. We think that we can find joy in in vacation. I've heard it all my life. All these women, and y'all can say you don't, but you do. All these women are just dying to go on vacation. I just cannot wait till we can get next year and we can go on vacation. Maybe we can take a weekend trip. Maybe we can go and we can stay on Saturday. We can stay on Sunday. And we ain't got to go to church. The preacher will be there. He'll preach a message. Jesus will be there. He's always been there before. And we look for joy in the world when we ought to be in the house of God. The only place our joy actually comes from we're looking for joy among the dead we're looking for joy in a vacation we're looking for joy in a fat bank account we're looking for joy in our spouses hey how many of us say boy if I could just find the right spouse I'd be happy or you'll see somebody in a new relationship on Facebook now call me I've never seen you this happy before I'm so glad you're happy my happy don't come from a relationship my joy don't come from a spouse my joy don't come from a, 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 a new man or a new woman in our life My joy comes from the Lord. We're looking for joy out there among the dead things. We're looking for joy out there among the things of the world. And there is no joy in the world. The world's going to burn up with a fervent heat. The only joy that I've got is in that one that rose again on the third day and lives down on the inside. If we really want joy, seek it in the Lord. Seek it in the Lord. Seek it in His house. Seek it in His will. That's the only place we're going to find joy is doing the will of God.
It's in the will of God. I'll read that scripture there again. John 15, 7 through 11. If ye abide in me and my words in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As for the Father, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in me. You shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. The only way that we're going to have the joy of the Lord is to abide in Him, and to keep His commandments, and do the will of the Lord. There ain't no joy in them things that we think the joy's in. There is no joy in pleasing our flesh. The only joy I've got is and serving the Lord. <clears throat> I wrote this down too. Kids. We look for joy in our kids. And there is joy. There's joy in watching my daughter learn new things. I mean, she's smart. She's super smart. And it thrills me to death when she learns something that a 20-month-old shouldn't know. I mean, that just thrills me to death. It, I, I love that. But there is no joy like when we uh, at Larry's daddy's funeral the other day. And it was dead quiet in there. And that preacher up there prayed. And uh, Sally says, amen, when he gets done. And the preacher acknowledged her. I don't know if y'all caught that. He said, I like that, amen. Because nobody else was doing that. But knowing that she had learned the things of God is what gave me true joy. There's no joy like when we bow our heads to pray. And when we're praying, or even when I'm praying, I'll hear, I'll, we'll be asking the blessing. I'll say, Lord, thank you for this food. And before I can say food, she's saying food. And Mimi, and Papa, and Mama. And she's praying and thanking God for the things that He's given her in her life. There's no other joy like that. That joy only comes from the Lord. There is no joy in her picking up a basketball or a softball or something of the world like I get the joy from when she prays unto God. There's no joy like that when she's up here dressed up as a pig and she's raising her hands up in the Christmas play. There's no other joy like that. There's no joy in the dead things of the world. My joy is in the Lord. Even with my kids, my joy is in the Lord. I wrote this down. Worldly possessions. You know, I... Uh, uh, we all do this and uh, as teenagers and me as a young man. I mean, uh, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 year old. All I could think about was what kind of vehicle I wanted. What kind of house I wanted. What kind of four-wheeler or side-by-side or coon dog or all these things that I wanted. And in the past uh, 15 years, the Lord has really blessed me to have all them things that I wanted. Or so I thought it was the Lord blessing me so I could have them. And in a way it was because He showed me that there ain't no joy in them. When you buy that new pickup, then you got a truck payment. When you buy that new car, then you got a car payment. When you buy that new house that you think you just got to have, once you get it, you say, man, I wish I kept the one I had because it didn't cost near as much. And there is no joy in these worldly possessions where minds get skewed to thinking, if I can just get this next thing, if I can just have this next thing, then I'll find true joy. Hey, the only joy that you're ever going to find is devoting your time and your will to the will of the Father. Abiding in Him, keeping His commandments and doing what he's told us to do. That's the only joy I've ever found. There's no joy in the world. You can seek it all you want to. I've had trucks. I've had cars. I've had houses. I've had the best coon dog around. I ain't got none of them now and don't care to. I'd rather have the Lord than any of it. Amen. <clears throat> so we look for salvation among the dead. We look for joy among the dead. We look for peace 
among the dead. We all do this and it just comes from our unbelief. It's our unbelief in the Word of God. The Word of God has told us how to have all these things and the only reason we don't have them and we seek them in other places is because we don't believe what the Word of God says. We have unbelief. We don't believe. We doubt. It's more than just doubt. It's unbelief. It's denying what the Bible even says. It's a choice to not believe it. We, I, I believe that Jesus was the Son of God and I believe He was born of a virgin. I believe He rose on the third day but I just don't quite believe that He can give me that peace. I believe that the, the, the worries that I have for my uh, bills next week, the only way that I cannot worry about them bills is if I make enough money till I ain't got to worry about them. That ain't so. The Lord will give me that peace. That's the only place my peace comes from. Philippians 4 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which, pass, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. That big bank account, that financial stability, ain't going to give you peace about your money situation. Hey, hold back your tithes so that you can pay your bills instead of giving the money that already belongs to the the Lord is not going to bring you peace. The only way you're going to have peace is if you give God His 10%. It ain't mine no ways. It already belongs to Him. And the only way I'm going to have peace in my money situation is knowing that I ain't robbed God of what's His. If I didn't pay my tithes, I'd be worried to death about paying my bills. Couldn't pay my bills because the money I've got is what He's blessed me with anyways. He said rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. When you ain't got no peace, just go ahead and rejoice. When you ain't sure of how things are going to be handled, just go ahead and rejoice. Just continue serving God and He'll give you that peace that passeth all understanding. He said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. It ain't wrong to ask God for stuff. It ain't wrong to ask God uh, to help you pay a bill that you've messed up and you bought something you shouldn't have and now you're in debt and you don't know how you're going to handle it. It ain't wrong to ask God to help you with it. If you'll ask Him, uh, let's read it again, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Thank Him for the help that He's already given you. Ask Him with thanksgiving and He'll give you the peace which passeth all understanding. Financial stability ain't going to give you peace. I wrote this down. The doctor can't give you peace. When you got a health problem and you don't understand how it's going to be handled, Krista, when you got cancer and you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know what, how you're going to handle it, you can't go to the doctor and get peace. How you can't go to the doctor and them tell you you're healthy and still get peace, that peace can only come from God. That peace can only come from serving Him and thanking Him, even in your sickness and your trial, even when you don't know how your life is going to go on like they didn't know here in the Scripture. Jesus had died. Their Savior had died. The one that they had invested everything they had in has died. And now they don't know where their peace has come from. Hey, just believe the Word of God. Don't live in unbelief. Believe the Word of God that He is going to take care of you and you can have that peace that comes only from God. That peace that passeth all understanding. <clears throat> Listen, I know I done said this, but I'm going to say it again on this. That weekend getaway, 
getting away when you go away for the weekend. Well, we just ain't got enough time during the week. I ain't got enough PTO. I can't take off during the week and go on vacation. So we'll just go on Friday or Saturday and Sunday. Or we'll leave on Friday night and we'll come back on Sunday night. We'll skip church just this one time because we really need some peace. Man, it's been hectic at work and these kids, they just drive me crazy. I got all kind of grandkids and man, they all just sick and won't leave me alone, won't me take them to this and that. I just need a little peace. I believe I'll go away for the weekend. That ain't where your peace is. That ain't where your peace is. Your peace is rejoicing in the Lord. I've never found peace like I find right in here. I've never found peace like I do around my brothers and sisters in Christ. Hey, I've never found peace when a family member passes away and here comes all my church family. They just come rolling in. There ain't no peace like that. Hey, vacation ain't going to give you that peace. The things of the world, the dead things of the world cannot give you that peace. But the Lord can. But the Lord can. So we look for salvation among the dead. We look for joy among the dead. We look for peace among the dead. I believe we look for love among the dead. We look for somebody to love us out there in the world. The world can't love you. The world can't love you. No matter how good of friends you've been all your life, if they ain't born again, they can't love you. It's impossible. They don't know what love is. Until you get born again, you don't know what love is. 1 John 4, 7 through 10 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth, know, uh, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. There ain't nobody can love you like God loves you. And there ain't nobody in the world that has the ability to love you like your church family does. Those that's been born again, those that's accepted the free gift of salvation and turned toward God and believed the Word, they can't nobody love you like them. Hey, if you're looking for love and you're looking for it out yonder, what's that country song, looking for love in all the wrong places? If you're looking for love out yonder, you ain't going to find it. Young people, if you're looking for a spouse out yonder, you ain't going to find it. The only place I found somebody that would love me was in church. We met right back yonder on a youth uh, youth meeting. I'd invited her to church and we met right back there. And then uh, just a few months later, I proposed to her right back there. And she's been the best wife that I could have asked for. But if I'd found a wife out yonder, I wouldn't have true love. I wouldn't have one that'd stick with me. Hey, she gets mad at me all the time because I'm hard to get along with so was she but we get upset because we're hard to get along with but if it wasn't for the love of God in us we would have split a long time ago I'd have done left I'd have done been mad hey when we first got married she'll get upset at this when we first got married she packed her bags three or four times had them in the car even went out the driveway made a loop or two around the road but she always come back it was the love of God that was in her it was the love of God that brought her back if it hadn't been for the love of God 
God, she'd have been long gone and that little girl back there wouldn't be sitting here. If she had been long gone, I wouldn't have been able to stand here because I wouldn't have been able to uh, say that I was still married to the same one I was married to first. It would ruined the ministry that God has given me. But because I look for love in the church, because I look for love in Jesus, I look for love in the right place, it stood the test of time. She may leave me tomorrow, but it's still working today. Still working today. Looking for love in the wrong places. 2 Corinthians 6, 14-18. We all know this scripture. <clears throat> Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? This ain't just talking about marriage. It's talking about in general. I ain't got no business out there in the world. I ain't got no business down here at the bar. I ain't got no business down here at the sinful places of the world. I used to go to Soho and eat because they got the best sushi around. I ain't got no business in that place. I don't go no more. I ain't been in two or three years because it's just a hellhole of the world. It's evil. There's nothing good there. And I ain't got no business being down there. I can't be right with God and be in the hellholes of the world. I can't be right with God and down there with them drinking and cussing and raising cane. I just can't do that. I ain't got no fellowship with them. If I'm down there with them, I'm saying it's all right. We're yoked together that this is where we go. Don't be unequally yoked with that. <clears throat> be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what, com- what, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said. I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. I ain't got no business looking for love out in the world. I ain't got no business out there. The only place the people that's going to love you that I can be yoked together with in the same mind because we both got the light that lives in us is right here in the house of God. It's right here with believers. I wrote this down. Why seek ye salvation, joy, peace, and love among the dead? It's because of our unbelief. It's because we don't believe the Word of God. I just read to you in multiple different places and if you want me to go back after we're done and show you where all them scriptures came from, I can. Ain't none of them took out of context. But the only place that we can find love, joy, peace, and salvation is in the Lord. There is none of them things in the world. And the only reason that we're seeking them in the world, us that call ourselves Christians, is because we don't believe the Word of God. We don't truly believe that if I give it all to God, He'll give me these things. If I surrender my whole life, I put all my time, all my effort, everything, every day of my life, if I do it, He'll give me these things that I seek. He promised me He would. He told me He would. And the only reason we look for them in other places is because we don't believe Him. We don't believe Him. Amen. Let's all stand. Tommy, you can play. Why seek ye the living among the dead? I hope this all made sense to you this morning. The altar's open. If you need to come pray, come on. I don't believe there's a one of us in the building this morning if this message wasn't too. I just don't believe it. it's not because we all do these very same things. We all live worldly. It's worldly. 
But we need to believe the Bible. Believe what the Word says. I believe the majority of us believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. If you don't, that's the foundational. That's what our whole religion is based on. That's the cornerstone that He was born of a virgin. And then He lived 33 and a half perfect sinless years. And He died on a cross and He rose again. That's what our religion's based on. If you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. But I believe the most of us has got that. But it's these other little things. It's these other little things that we seek out in the world. We need to believe in on them too. Hey, the world's watching us. There ain't no peace in the world. There ain't no joy in the world. There ain't no hope or help in the world. Hey, when I was uh, 16, 17 year old, I began to look for all these things in the world as hard as I could look for them. And all I found was drugs. All I found was alcohol. All I found was sin that I could not get away from. And the Lord showed me that I don't want no part of that because there ain't no peace in it. Ain't no peace in drugs. Ain't no peace in alcohol. There ain't no peace in sin. It's just the world and death and hell. That's exactly the trick of Satan. He wants you to believe that you can find what you want out there, but it's not out there. I've told you this before as a uh, probably a, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 year old boy. Mama accidentally scheduled our vacation to Myrtle Beach right during the middle of senior week. She didn't know she'd done it, but when we went down there, I saw all these men and women. They weren't men and women. They Seniors in high school just graduated, but to me they was grown. I was young, and I seen them, and I seen them all drinking, and I seen them all partying, and boy, it looked like they was having such a good time. And from that moment, the devil lied to me. He told me, "That's what you want. That joy you're seeking, there it is. Hey, that fun that you're seeking. All hey, all these things that you want in your life, right there it is." And he lied to me. But the devil's a liar, and he fooled me. That ain't what I wanted. I went out there and I tried it, and I found misery. I found heartache. I found despair. I found destruction. Thank God that He let me come back to Him and showed me and give me a better life that I can live now for Him. Hey, it's not always easy to live for the Lord, but it's the best life I've found. And every day I make the choice whether I follow Him or not. If I choose to go back out and sin, it's my fault. It ain't God's fault. It's my fault. This is the best life we can live. Listen, this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, still a couple around the altar. If you're not saved this morning, you've never been born again, would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved and I want to be. Raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not saved. Nobody's looking around, just me and the Lord. I won't tell a soul. It'll be between me and you and the Lord. Would there be anybody, Preacher, I'm not saved. God bless that hand. Would there be anybody else? Preacher, I'm not saved. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you've backslid. You've went back to the things of the world and you see there ain't no peace, ain't no joy.